because this is for the Raza. This is for the Raza. Raza, Raza. This is for the Raza. This is Reform Raza. Gracias for tuning in once again. Uh, my name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brother. Justin Corona. Hey man, today we're going to get it in. We're going to get it in. So first of all, uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe to this podcast. If this podcast edified you in any way, shape, or form, hit us up at the reformrasa.gmail.com. Also, we got the Facebook page up. Hit that like button. We got the Instagram. Hit that like button or follow us on Instagram. Uh, our social medias are up and running. If yes. any questions, comments, concerns, you guys can hit us up right there. So, gracias for everybody that's been following us and liking the pages. Uh, we got a lot, a lot of fun stuff coming through. So, yeah. what's the episode tonight? Today. So I mean, just, today. <laughs> so, just like uh, episode 21, we did the godly manhood in a toxic <laughs> culture. We spoke about how, how what it is to be a man in this day and age in America, how things are going around how liberalism runs wild and yet we are men trying to follow jesus trying to do the things of god but we face an opposition in today's culture right now today we're gonna flip it on the same side but we're gonna talk about women now what it is to be a biblical biblical woman in a liberal society but last time i checked i'm not a woman Oh. At least I don't identify as one. Did you look in a clean mirror? No. <laughs> I do not identify as a female. I am a 100% male. Uh, but so that's why we got some special guests coming on today. We got the wifeies. We got my wife, Cindy, right here. Hey, guys. And Justin, would you like to introduce your wife? Yes, I have my uh, wife right here. What's up, you guys? This is Julie. And you guys remember them from the Christ-centered home uh, episode where they they were they put in we talked about marriage and all that fun stuff, but we got another special guest that's gonna offer a unique perspective. Uh, we got my sister right here. What? Hey, what up? What up? Say what up? Hey hey. And what's your name? My name is Blanca Cecilia Velasquez. Oh, I go wow. by Ceci. Ceci Blanca, <laughs> and I thought it was uh, I I thought I'd bring uh, you on because. I feel you can offer a unique perspective on things. And as we get the conversation started, uh, you're going to see why. So, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. <laughs> That's all we can ask for. So, biblical womanhood in a liberal society. Wow. That's a mouthful, right? That's mm-hmm. deep. Well, why don't we just start off with the basis. What is, a liberal, what is the liberal society that we're talking about? What is a liberal society? So today, liberalism, what, what, is, what is that word, being liberal? Right. Meaning, exactly, if people want to be free, they want to have liberty to do and fulfill their own passions. Okay, so they, they want to fulfill their own emotional <laughs> desires and they don't want anybody to tell them what to do. So if they want to be uh, fornicating, sleep around, they're free to do that. If they... Don't want to do that in their free, whatever. All types of topics come up, you know? Yeah. Women's rights, feminism, all these kinds of things. So now Christianity comes in and says, the Bible says thou shalt not. And that's where the conflict comes in. The 
liberal society says, do what thou wilt, Bible says, thou shalt not. Boom, we have a clash right there. Oof. So first of all, from your guys' background, because I feel like each and every one of you can offer a unique background, because you guys all have different backgrounds, and you can offer a unique opinion and perspective on what it is to be a woman in today's liberal culture. Okay, so first of all, let's start off with uh, you, Julie. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what is it to be a biblical woman from, from your experience and through what the scriptures say? Your experience through the scriptures. Um, well, first off, I'd just like to say, hey, guys, glad to be back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the number one thing, when I read the question first, when you sent it to us, Martin, um, mm -hmm. The number one thing I thought about was being sanctified. Wow. Um, because you can claim to be like a Christian woman, a woman of God, a woman of faith, have the whole thing going on, the Pinterest type Christian, you know, cute scriptures and whatnot, which are mostly paraphrased, by the way. Um, <laughs> not well. <laughs> but I feel like being a woman of God and in this like liberal society, since it's a topic, is so much more than just carrying that like superficial I'm a Christian. But it's like, what is your character? You know, like, are you truly sanctified? Are you set apart? And, um, <clears throat> A scripture that stands out to me is Romans 12, 12. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I feel like our society is the perfect testing. Mm -hmm. to Like, what is your character? Are you going to, like, fall into the patterns, like, of this world? And mm. especially nowadays, like, with social media, it's so hard to stay holy and oh. sanctified and oh. set apart and i feel like even christian women are competing with worldly women mm. you know when it shouldn't be like that it should be christian women being like hey you know keep it holy keep it set apart but that's hard because a lot of christian women are like don't be legalistic you mm. know and you know mm. how many times i've been told that i'm like legalistic the l word or like <laughs> in a bad way like religious mm. you know but it's like hey i'm looking out for you you know and um it's hard no yeah <laughs> no hard. no yeah well check this out you know when you actually try to follow the word of god and try to keep the statues of the lord that's what what liberal <laughs> calls legalistic right we got the two l's liberalism and legalism but now right Christians are saying it. yeah it's like they're taking there's a there's a form of liberal Christianity out there that you want to have your cup of Jesus tea, but you don't want to drink the whole cup. You know what I mean? You're not trying to really live it out. You want to taste it to see how it tastes, but you don't really want to get into it. You know what I mean? So then, wouldn't this be the thing that's called um, lawlessness? Lawlessness. In the Bible. That's how it refers to, right? The lawlessness. As as uh, relating to liberalism or. Yeah, is that like the biblical term for it? I would, I would refer it to the book of Judges. Because the theme is always replayed. They did what was wise in their own eyes. Mm. That's If you can define liberalism, that right there is what it is. Mm -hmm. Everyone's doing right in their own eyes. And then I feel like that's where a lot of people bring up. Like, oh, well, it's not my conviction. You mm -hmm. know, and, and I would consider myself, like, modest. You know, I'm very, like, I'm very considerate. Like, as a woman, as a wife, like, I'm very considerate, like, 
even like the way I carry myself, whether it's the way I talk, the way I dress or whatever, I consider myself modest, but it's like somebody else may tell me like, oh, like, that's not my conviction though. But it's like, yeah, but, but shouldn't the Bible be our conviction? Like, shouldn't the Holy there Spirit, you go. isn't it the same Holy there Spirit? Like, exactly. there's a disconnect, you know? So, mm-hmm. that's, it's kind of touchy, mm-hmm. you know? But it's like, how do you define that? Is there a way to define that? Well, that's not my conviction as a woman. You see, the doctrine of sola scriptura, the scriptures alone are the authority for faith and practice. Once you move away from that, that's that's when you have these kinds of liberal <coughs> concepts and things like that. But what about you, Ceci? In your experience and your lifetime, uh, because you, 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 she's my sister, so she we grew up in the church. <laughs> I strayed for a while. Me and my brother did. Uh, by the way, Victor's not here, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> he has a night off. Yeah, he has a night off. We gave him the night off. Tell him to relax. But um, you stayed in the church. You kept on. You persevered. We didn't. So you growing mm-hmm. up from a child, teenage years, even up until now in your adult years, you've been with the Lord. So how has that been you maintaining that godliness throughout your whole life? Up Amen. until now. Well, I did grow up in a Christian home, just like Martin and Victor, and I have not lived a perfect life, of course. I wouldn't consider myself some kind of perfect example, but it is true that I didn't have that falling away into the world, and I, throughout my youth, I did. I did um, take that time to just really focus a lot on my walk with God. And um, I just, I love what Julie said because it's so true about the sanctification process. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I want to speak, I thought, what I thought about was identity. Mm-hmm. And so when you know that you have been chosen and set apart, mm. you start to seek I love that the walk. Chosen. Yeah. Chosen. It's, it's true. No, Mark. <laughs> 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 and so to, to have that personal encounter with the Lord, I came, I, um, you know, you have to have your own relationship with God, like regardless, even if you're taught as a child, you know, mm-hmm. nobody's born a Christian. So I um, came to the things of God at, at a pretty young age. I was going, it was like the summer vacation before entering high school is when I really had like the actual encounter with the Lord. I just started, I started seeking him in prayer and I really felt his presence and, um, I felt that embrace of God. I felt that that setting apart. Mm-hmm. I felt like he you get to know God as your father. You get to mm-hmm. know him in a very personal yeah. way. And so that drew me, that drew my desires to get close to God and to become set apart for him. Mm-hmm. And so I love I I love that whole thing that you were talking about about being set apart. And it's all really comes from being based on the word of God. Mm-hmm. Just like how you were saying because if you start to put your, uh, if you start to to think about if your if your focus is out there in the world, even still as a Christian, like that's gonna blur that. Yeah, that's gonna mm-hmm. just blur your your understanding of mm-hmm. the Word of God. Like you have to be led by by the Word and by the Spirit. And so I did take my, um, I did take that time. I said I'm not going to date. I'm not going to give my emotions over to those things. And just have my whole heart for the Lord. So, so I do want to encourage, you know, single, any any single ladies out there. And 
especially, you know, whatever age you're in, you know, I, you could be, um, I don't know if there's like teenage girls listening or, um, older. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's such a, it's a, it's such a privilege to know the Lord in that stage of your life and that you can give over your time to your dedication to growing in the things of God. And so just having that pleasure in the Lord is something that kept me wanting to seek God's ways rather than the world's. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what kind of oppositions did you face? Like, let's say in your teenage years, you know, going, going to high school, being a Christian teenager, yet seeing all these people, you know, these are girls in this situation, you know, partying, maybe saying, you know, living their life. How, how, how was that for you trying to maintain godliness and, and those teenage years, but yet being in the world? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> I have so, I, I'm going to just keep it short, but that was definitely like one of the, for me, it was one of the best times in my walk with God. You know, when you first get into the relationship with God, you're like on that fire, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're on your first love. So I was definitely not shy about sharing my faith and the experiences that I went through, um, you know, in high school, shout out to anyone that's <laughs> <laughs> from HB. They, I, I know we've got similar like people that we Huntington Beach High School. Yeah, Huntington Beach High School, and so I I was open about my faith, and you know it's funny because when you get into a relationship with God, the Spirit really gives you a lot of strength, and to be able to overcome um, the worldly obstacles, mm-hmm. and so to me, I just just really feeling like the Lord's strength and the the way that if you're going to minister to your friends and all that kind of stuff, the Spirit will give you mm-hmm. word mm-hmm. to minister to. And I just remember having um, all sorts of, uh, you know, in high school, you're, you encounter all sorts of people from all sorts of different walks yeah. of faith and people that are struggling. I, I talked with people that were suicidal. I talked with all people, all types of religions. And it's so funny because people think that the youth, they're not really into God and they're not really into some, Mm -hmm. you know, they look down on them sometimes, but they're so hungry for the word of God. That's like really what I, what I, what I experienced. Like people, the young people, they're interested. They are, Mm -hmm. they just take somebody to be courageous enough to reach out to the, to the youth and to know that God is also choosing like young people for, for his, um, so 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 even young people can live a life of godliness. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we need to stop looking down on young people like they're just interested. Like like hey, yeah, exactly. So so yeah, so maybe thinking that oh, they're still kids, we need to accommodate to them, but also knowing that they're able to understand and they're able to be believers and walk yeah like people just think like young people they're just interested in wasting their time or Mm -hmm. uh, like we we can believe because i know i've been i've been on that walk and i know that god is reaching out also to the young people to the youth and and um he, he gives you the 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 ability to the empowerment of the yeah, spirit to be able to, to overcome temptation and sin and um yeah amen so so now uh, my wife she has a unique perspective that she can offer because she um didn't grow up as a christian she didn't um was raised in the church or anything like that so i want you to speak on uh, what is have you haven't been your experience growing up in a typical Hispanic Mexican household? Mom was Catholic, 
you know, all these kinds of things. And then when when we met, how we mentioned the Christ-centered home episode, uh, we both, I was in the world still when we met, right? Yeah. And then we both came to faith and then we, you had to adjust to a newfound faith and then being a godly woman from being in the world and now coming into Christ, how has your experience been adjusting to godly womanhood? I think it was a whole different game changer right there. Yeah. I think like for for me growing up, um, in my household, I remember that my mom was submissive to, to, to my dad, but I don't think because of the right reason to be submissive, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I think that my mom became submissive to my dad because there was like a lot of like like beating and stuff Mm -hmm. and that's how she became more like that was her god you know Mm -hmm. and for me i think like growing up i be because i saw that i wanted to be liberal Mm. you know like i wanted to be i didn't want to be what my mom was you know like i didn't want to be like oh i have to be with this person and I'm going to let him talk back to me or I'm going to let him like beat me no and it was it was different I I started off like going to parties and stuff and you know like the whole saving yourself that was that was something that that I I didn't wait you that know That was whack huh Yeah Same. it was and that that's that's a mentality of today. Why why save yourself? Why yeah. get yours, you know what I mean? And I think like for me it, it was just something different. It was it was I didn't want to be what what just to one person. I always wanted to be with someone different. I felt like I needed to change up the game a few times, you know, as I got older. It was just so now like, coming into faith, how was that adjustment then? Uh, having that mind transformed of, because I definitely f- received that <laughs> <laughs> coming in. I think she, like, hey, that, hey, low key, man. Like we, yeah. we, when we were beefing it back in the day, she was very like feminist in the, in, the, in the truest sense of the word. Like, you can't tell me what to do. And she would even tell me, I wear the pants. <laughs> it was like that. It was, it was I would like tell him, like, I don't need you. Like, uh-huh. I can, I could do this by myself. Like, I'll go get some help wherever I, wherever I can. You know, I don't need a man mm-hmm. to hold me down and stuff. And dude, like, just like, I remember like our whole relationship was like that, you know? And then after being saved, it was like, it was super different. Like I had to get adjusted, but I think it was because I knew that it became easy, you know, like I have a, it became easy to be, to submit to him because he was already saved too, you know, like. Because you started seeing him submit to Christ? Yeah, yeah. So I was able to, to have no problem in submission with him and to be able to, to know that he he had the best intention for our family, you know, and he knew what what was good for us and stuff, and it became easier to to understand. Yeah, I have a question for you, Cindy. So, because you seen like how your dad would treat your mom, did you ever hold that like against Martin? Like, did you ever 
because sometimes like when something happens like to somebody so close to us we feel like it kind of happened to us you know Mm -hmm. and and I feel like sometimes we hold that against somebody who didn't even like do that you know they didn't there's no offense for that person you know but yet you kind of like not take it out on them but you assume that that's what like they're gonna do so you already have like this built-in like guard yeah well definitely I knew that that it was something that I I, I gave a part to that for Marta, you know? I saved that part for you. <laughs> no, yeah. When, 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 I, when, when I said that, I definitely re- received that. Meaning, I knew, I knew, I, I mean, you know, I knew how her situation was. Mm-hmm. So I knew right away why she, she would act like that because she was trying to prevent from happening to her what she saw in her household. Exactly. So I definitely, every, like, shortcoming or mistake that I would do, boom, let me have it right there. You know what I mean? So, look, this is very interesting, actually, where this is going, because manhood, a man or a person, like, like you know, how your, your dad was, that kind of like machismo? machismo creates feminism. Mm. Okay. So good. the inception okay. and birth of feminism would actually come back to the man. Wow. And and, yeah. and and Justin said some very wise words that will forever stick with me. He's yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yes. he, he said, "I have the gray hairs to prove it." <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, "Divorce is always a man's fault because he could have done more as the head of his household, as Christ commands us men to be sacrificial, to be Christ-like, to lead our family. When men fail." That's when feminism arises. And with that comes liberalism and all that kinds of stuff. So you know what? Can I just... Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Can I just say real quick? Because mm-hmm. that's interesting that Cindy said that when she saw um, Martin, like, mm-hmm. in the things of God, then she felt like she could uh, be led by him and, yeah. you know, do the, uh, with the submission. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that you guys did that the, the episode about uh, biblical manhood because mm-hmm. the uh, biblical womanhood, like, sh- the godly wife she was meant to be submissive under a man who is first submitted to god Mm -hmm. so because a lot of women they get mad about these kind of scriptures because they're looking at it like you need to just be submissive to him no matter what Mm -hmm. that's not the biblical that's not the way that the bible puts it Mm -hmm. because it says that you know god of course he's he's the head but then is the man Mm -hmm. and then and then it's the woman and people are looking at that like oh she's just lower down there but that's not what it's referring to because his head is christ Mm -hmm. and so the woman she feels safe and secure under that leadership yeah because as a man that is submitted to christ he is um god he's godly and he is bringing like you said you know that i knew he was doing good for our family that gave her the trust the security you know, that um, we're under God's leadership. Yeah. I'm not exactly under my husband's leadership for, per se. We're under God's leadership because he's being led by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I think cool. too often we overlook a very small but important word, likewise. When, when it mm-hmm. says, when it says uh, women likewise submit to your husband, meaning the husband is already submitted In unto the likeness. Christ. Yeah. So likewise submit to your husband. I'll, under the authority of God, yeah. I would even point out, too, is uh, something in that scripture that people forget as well is the person of the Trinity whom is being used in that scripture. Hmm. 
to submit as Christ submitted unto the Father. Submitted unto the Father, mm, exactly. Mm. They didn't use the Father, the, the, the person of the Trinity, God the Father. They used the Son, Jesus Christ. Because first and foremost, when you read Hebrews, when you read any letter of Paul, well, about half the letters, he will mention how Christ was submissive to the Father's will. Mm-hmm. And how in the likeness, men, husbands, should, um, in the likeness of Christ, how he was submissive to the Father's will, so should we be submissive to, all, to the Heavenly Father's will as well. That goes for married and single men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing I want to point out too, uh, just how Sydney, like, like your upbringing, how you describe like your mom and, and what you've seen and how she was submissive to her, to her husband, but not in the same way as we would be submissive to Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was more so out of fear. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it reminds me of, uh, I forgot, I think it was Paul Washer who, who, who mentioned this before, but he was, he was saying that there's two wives. Both of them love their husbands, but they love them differently. One shows love for their husband to gain love. The other one shows love because they are loved. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, in those two instances, uh, the one that is 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 showing love to their husband to gain love is almost like as if it was like like for example the image of your mom. Yeah. How she was submitting in in a way, I guess like how most women would to let's say somebody who's uh, verbally abusive or out even physical out of fear they submit out of fear in the hopes that their husband will love them. And and then and then the other image, which which is uh, the wife that 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 loves because they are loved, is how the church should respond. Because both sides, it, it's almost like when we come to Christ, are we coming because of fear of hell, or are we coming because of gratitude because of the grace shown to us? Mm-hmm. And so those will, will will those will in a way spark two different types of Christians. One one is going to become a liberal type Christian, and the other one is going to be submissive to Christ. Because of the grace that the because of the the great grace that they have been shown, and then it's even shown too even in um what's it called the parable of the the debtors, how much debt that has been has been um forgiven of, and you can see you can see the the response and so um I I I like how you mentioned that first about your your mother and then you because in this topic as far as just women. Godly women in in this liberal society is just like the the way it, it's almost like trying to trace the roots back. Where does it start? Yeah. What is the root of these things? Um, before this podcast, <laughs> we were talking about children, and 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 Seth, you you mentioned about how like children like the fruit the fruit of their actions were were, were planted below that the seed. Mm-hmm. There's a seed to the fruit that that they show, and that's that's with everyone. But yeah, and so and so, just like how how Martin was saying, you know, this this whole feminist uh, movement and, and how they they want to um, be their own person, my body, my rules. This whole thing that's moving forward is because of the lack of male leadership, the real male leadership that is rooted in the Bible. Yeah, because now we start now men are taking you know. Uh, was it the the whole cheese muscle the cheese muscle? Why did I say machismo? Machismo. Hey, 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 men can be cheese muscles too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but because of, because of the whole uh, machismo attitude, the whole you know, um, 
just ruling ruling with an iron fist style yeah. it really does push women to get out of that and 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 be their own independent person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just like how uh, i mentioned last time uh deborah there's no male male leadership so the woman had to rise up to the shame of the man yeah and you know there's a misconception also thinking that the biblical woman or godly woman is a weak woman Nope. She's a, she's controlled. She doesn't speak her mind. She has to keep quiet and just be under the ruling of her husband. What do you guys have to say about that kind of misconception? Is that a biblical view of womanhood? That is absolutely not a biblical mm-hmm. view of womanhood. And I'm going to let the wives take this one first. <laughs> I think that I don't think that the woman has like less of a role. Mm-hmm. I totally 100% believe that, like, if you are, like, a godly couple, a couple after God's heart, you can truly be a power couple. Yeah. You complement each other. There, there are weaknesses that one, one, you know, your spouse may have, and there's strengths that they may have that you don't have. So I feel like you complement each other. You know, when one is weak, the other one could be strong for them, vice versa. But... An example of that, I feel like, is with me and Justin um, in our own marriage, is, like, sometimes he's weak and I'm strong, and sometimes it's, it's the other way around, you know? And I, I don't think that you can truly say that, I don't know, it's hard to put into words. No, I, so, I think that uh, it goes... It's perfect. It's a perfect piece. Yeah. It's, a, it's exactly. like a it's, a. it's a Tetris. It's a, the the right pieces come together. Cause check this out, real quick in Proverbs thirty one, as you know the virtuous you know woman the famous scripture, it says an excellent wife who can find she has far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm, all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with, with the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard. She, watch, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. Spindle. She opens her hand to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when she, he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household. And does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praises her. Many women have done excellently. But you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. 
Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Amen. There's nothing <laughs> weak about right. that one. Yeah, that is a strong She's woman. Like a superhero. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And although my wife may be quiet on the mic, uh, I think that describes her right now. Amen. The Lord has truly blessed her hands. Really. And can I just say something real quick? Kind of like when Justin was talking, especially me as a perspective as a as a single woman, because I know right now it's like about wives, but that's so important also as a single woman to look into these things, because if you're going to get to a point where you are going to be submitted unto a man, you have to be wise about who you're going to marry. And I'm thinking about the scripture that says that to submit to your husband as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. So even just as a single uh, learning to have that submission unto God out of love, like Justin was talking about, um, that strengthens you so much in your own becoming a whole first, firstly unto the Lord to, to love better. You're going to be able to love your husband um, rightly as the Lord commands when you're first a whole unto the Lord in your, for yourself. So in order to be a, a, a wife that's going to be a blessing to your husband, a blessing to your kids, as a single, um, my, my single sisters out there, take this time right now, I just really advi- strongly advise, I'm, I do this in my life, to learn to be submitted unto God and to become this kind of woman firstly for the honor and glory of the Lord. And then you're going to be able to reflect that. It's going to minister to your husband. And it's going to um, edify your home. And so I, I just love hearing the Proverbs um, 31, 31 mm-hmm. woman. It's just making me think of my relationship with God and how much he enables me to be this kind of woman for my home. But it comes from him. Mm-hmm. It comes from mm-hmm. him. And so I don't know if you were going to say something about what you read. No, uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that? What was your question again? I didn't ask a question. Oh. No. <laughs> no. Well, because no, okay. you, you were because you were speaking on the the role of a woman, right? Yeah. So, well, basically, oh yeah. Um, is a biblical woman weak? What's the misconception about that? I think you just answered it with yeah. the with the proverbs. You know? a, a woman seeking holiness and godliness. Well, that that's gonna describe her. Like I could read that scripture. And I look at my wife and I'm like, yeah. Well, actually, I, I would actually say they, that women are weak. But in, in the way that it is um, poured out in Scripture, in First Peter 3, mm-hmm. um, it will say, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be mm-hmm. hindered. Mm-hmm. But here it's... Uh, not, not the type of yeah. weakness that society says no. that would a biblical woman be. Well, actually, th- this is what I've come to understand. How, when we go to church today, what is the, the demographic? What is the, the statistic as far as women to men ratio in the church? Well, as far as our context. From what we've seen in, in our congregation. It's usually the women that are coming more right? without the husbands. And so yeah. I, I, I believe that. I, I mean, I, I am able to understand that more so mm-hmm. because men are more prideful than women. Mm-hmm. And so when I read this scripture, it is saying that, that, husbands, <laughs> that husbands are to, 
to live with wives with understanding that we are to understand our wives and as a bigger picture, understanding women in a general sense that that they are different from us, obviously. Oh, oh, but oh. For, society don't want don't society don't want you to say that, bro. <laughs> but but for a greater purpose, we are to uh-huh. show honor to them because one, it it is saying that they are heirs with the grace of life that that we also receive yeah. as men. So for for so in one instance, we are to show honor to them because, likewise, we re, we have received salvation. They too. Yeah. We are adopted into the same family. They they are adopted into the same family. Mm-hmm. Also, too, that they are the weaker ves- vessel. You no, know, here in the scripture, it, it is pointing towards physically, yes. And I would also have to say weaker, maybe emotionally. Mm. And I see that as a plus. I see it as a plus because scripture also would say that in our weakness, he is made it's strong. strong. Mm. So that's why we see more women in the church praising God because, because understanding who they are, they know they are weaker. In that sense, as far as the emotional, so so you see more women leaning on Christ than you see men, mm-hmm. and so that's where we as men need to see them as the example of how to lean on Christ, and so that's why women in in you know in Scripture is used as the example of the church, and we as men need to see their their role and be edified by it, mm-hmm. as we are part of the body of the church, mm-hmm. and so that's why um, our roles are different but they're reciprocal mm-hmm. we we see the women and their role and we are edified by it because because we are them in a sense as as the church we are all under christ and then them too see the men when when they are submissive under christ they they, they see men as as a christ-like figure and so them too are are edified Knowing that you know, that you know what I'm able to submit under a, an, a male authority as they are submissive under Christ, and so it it's just that that reciprocal. It's almost like that recycling sign, right? The two arrows mm-hmm. going around in a circle, yeah, or the three arrows. Exactly. That as as we continue to to look towards Christ and we continue to fulfill these roles laid out for us, it it just makes it all that much more edifying and sharpening, and so that's where the sharpening comes in. We. It's like a constant sharpening. We're, con- mm-hmm. we're continually in the yeah. word and, and being discipled by each other and sharpening each other under Christ's headship. Yeah, well, even the Bible says that if a wife has an unbelieving husband, mm. she can win him over without a word. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. by her testimony. Man, that, that scripture, yeah. man, is, is, is so much in that scripture. And, and, and you know, we, unfortunately, we have seen that in our congregation where there are wives in our church with with the lack of the the husband being there yeah and and i see that and i listen to that scripture and i'm almost more so encouraged for them as as i share the scripture with them too that hey like in in this in this circumstance as unfortunate as it is be encouraged by this because you have this situation where without a word you are able to be a vessel to win them back to to the lord without a word yeah Yeah. i You know, I've been uh, kind of quiet. You guys here know that I can actually talk a lot. I've been a little shy, but there is so much to say. <laughs> there is so much to say regarding all of this because to even talk about the influence of a woman, I mean, she, oh my goodness, I don't know what today's feminists are thinking and everything because a godly, uh, godly womanhood is so powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but it's 
precious. Precious, beautiful, mm-hmm. powerful. God gave praised. us that mm-hmm. influence. I mean, you can see it from the very beginning when um, God created, you know, Adam. He saw that it is not good for man to be alone, so he created a suitable helper. And she actually caused that influence over his life to eat the forbidden fruit. Mm-hmm. And all through, throughout scripture, we can see examples of women using that influence for good and for bad. But that's how powerful, that's the kind of influence God gave the women that were able to kind of do that to a man, yeah. to, to cause that kind of influence. And so how important for as women of, of faith of God to understand that influence so we can be able to um, to rightly rightly express it rightly use it yeah. like within our own homes our own surroundings because it's powerful and you can see it in the world they use a lot of um, influence of a, of a female for bad you know let, let, let's talk about that let's switch it up a little bit so what does today's American culture or even Mexican American culture would say a woman is then if we're trying, if you guys, us as men trying to be godly men, you as women trying to be godly women, what does society say that a woman is? What does society say a godly woman is? A woman is. A oh, woman just in a, wo- a woman yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What do you? Think? I think they don't have no more standards. You know, they want everything equal, and it they should have no be no more standards. Hmm. Like. What do you mean, no more standards? Like they have to. They could be as equal as men, you know? Like, there's there's nothing that that they can't do, you know? Well, you that actually, there's no... And you know what? It just has gotten to the point where they want their greater. Anything yeah. you can do, mm-hmm. I can do better. That's where, like, I don't need... The you. woman is at war with the man. Yeah, now. just mm-hmm. she's saying, I don't, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. I can do what you can do and more. Mm-hmm. And even... Mm-hmm. I, I, and even better, I really don't need you. I can have kids without you. That's what they are. That's the thing of today yeah, that you don't yeah. need a man to to have children. And and um, I would go as far as to say that that is uh, toxic womanhood. Oh yeah, very toxic. And I, and the other one to be able to say I told you so would be God because he mentions this in Genesis. As far as uh. The how the woman would seek to be after the the husband's role. Mm. Dang, bro, these feminists don't want to hear you say that, bro. Say that again. Again. Well, what was the curse of the <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, So when, cause when, so when the whole story of Adam and Eve happened, they fell into sin. They ate the forbidden fruit. God sentenced a man. You you're gonna work for your food now. You're gonna be the worker at the sweat of your brow. You're gonna get food. And the woman, in pain, you shall deliver babies, and your desire will be for your oh, husband. husband. Mm-hmm. So now that desire has overflowed and be like, I, they're trying to overtake and, and tear down the role of the man to put herself in the place. But see, even, even in that example, you could see where it started with the husband. Mm-hmm. Where, was, where, was the, where was the... He was uh, not tending to his wife. Exactly. Where was he at? He was lost. There was the lack was of leadership, out. the lack, lack of mm-hmm. responsibility from the husband to lead his wife. And that's the consequence of that. What's interesting, too, is that when God is um, giving the punishments to each one, right? Doesn't he say to, um, to Adam, because you... Because you listened to your wife. Listen to your wife. Because you heeded the voice of your wife, that was the wrong that he Dang. did. 
So, so even, only women should have been in sin, not the man. See, it was almost within that same day, you know, they were created and, and already they, they flipped the role. God already mm-hmm. ordained it a certain way and then already, you know, man's listening to, to his wife. And you know what? And he should have been leading. As a woman, we need to block out that voice of the enemy as, as women that are set apart. We're not, you know, following the world's ways because it's, you know, the serpent, he approached Eve and he said, is it true that God has told you not to eat of the, of the fruit of the trees? And God never said that. God said right before that happened, he, he brought them to the Garden of Eden and he told them, to be free to eat of any of any of the trees except that one in the middle. And so it's almost like if the voice of the enemy wants to whisper to the woman at the church to did God say you have to be un- under his submission? Mm-hmm. Did he say you're mm-hmm. lower than that? Like these are the Dang, messages yeah. that kind or of I feel submission. Has God really said you have to be modest? Has God say really say you have to be holy? Do you really like have to submit? Mm. And he's tw- and he twists things around because see God never told um, Adam and Eve that that he, they couldn't eat of the of the fruit. He told them the opposite: be free to eat of any of the fruit, just not this one in the middle. So I feel like he like there's those lies that are coming in that kind of the because, subtle lies you know, that flip the whole scene yes, around. Yes, because even in mm. the church, sometimes I hear you know some messages coming from the church that are, seem a little bit influenced. Uh, by the, the that by the world, we need to be careful from that. We need to um, mega churches. Yeah, there's a lot of you know. I hear I literally hear preachings these days where it's like you know submission doesn't really mean that your husband's the leader and that mm. you have to. Follow. I hear those kinds of things coming from from Dang. the church, and I feel like those influences from the world, those enemy whispers. Did God really say you had to? F- follow all of your husband's rules. Like the enemy just puts it in ways that are so twisted. And so it's important for us to understand, to really be in the word and to um, understand what a biblical womanhood is, because it's something very uh, beautiful and it's a blessing. It is a blessing what God has given us. And we cannot understand that unless we're unto his presence, blocking out the, the world's um, wisdom, just shutting our ears from all of that. Mm-hmm. Because, um, yeah, the voice of the enemy, it's, it's, it's talking and we need to be guarded from so the spirit of feminism is the devil. That's what I understood. Uh, well, I, well, I really believe so. <laughs> I mean, that's not of God. I think we need to define feminism, though, because some, some, some women will say, well, aren't you for like equal rights? Because mm-hmm. technically, I think the technical definition of feminism is fighting for basically equal rights. Mm-hmm. I think... I think a more like appropriate like term would be I don't I don't know of an example Fe- maybe like well, just like overdoing it like hyper well today's feminism hyper feminism hyper feminism you know so yeah no you have a point you have a point to because like just to make it clear I'm sure we're all for equal rights you know like whether it's like politically or whatever you know it's we're all for equal rights I think it's more so. Pride. Yeah. Pride That's, what before, That's what it is. That's what it is. Because I no, think... I, I, wait, I, well, correct me if I'm wrong from a woman's perspective. Don't women have equal rights today already? What's yeah. the fight for now? Because don't, don't they get you know, paid? They're allowed to vote. They're allowed to do everything that man does legally. You know, but, and I would, so encourage, what's, I would encourage anybody who's listening to this and 
this and if you just like don't agree if you're like send me an email at wefromrasa.com my name is Martin Velasquez hit me up if you feel like you know what we still don't have this right or this right or whatever please like you know so I think the main argument would be choice they want the choice, quote unquote, to do what they want to do with their own bodies. So now they have equal rights and equal votes, you know, all that stuff. You know, you can't discriminate, you know, the laws, gender, sex, all kinds of stuff. You're allowed to work. But now what I think the whole feminist movement is, you as a man can't tell me a woman what to do. So you can't tell me what to do with my body, whether I want to dress the way I want to dress or what's in my body, a.k.a. a baby, I can do with it as I please. I think that's the whole prideful feminist thing now, that they want to do what they want to do without the authority or the voice of a man telling them, hey, you can't. Right? You can't you can't dress like that, sister. You know, it's not appropriate in a church setting. Well, you can't tell me what to do, whatever. Or, you know, sister, yeah. wait, wait, wait until you're married. Well, I just want to date around a little bit and see who, you know. Yeah, it's gotten to that, like, an aggressive kind of point. Because I, I get what Julie is saying. Because if you talk to I certain feminists. I keep our listeners in mind and, like, anybody who may. Yeah, because no, yeah, 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 yeah. when I've conversed sometimes with some of them, they're like, I don't want to be like a man. I just want those equal rights, you know? Like, they're like... I would say women have equal rights already. I don't know what you guys would say. I'm not like... Honestly, I wouldn't have to do research about a lot of stuff, just to be honest. I don't want to, like, speak about it. I I, I I haven't ever heard of anybody like, oh, well, you can't get a job here because you're a woman. Or you can't vote because you're a woman. I mean, I think that there's still probably a lot to fight for that we don't know about. So they feel, so there's... I think the main thing is abortion. I think that's what it is. It's gone to an aggressive point because at first, I think the movement started and everything because they wanted those equal rights, voting and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, but now it's gotten to an aggressive point, like the issues that Mm -hmm. you're pointing out, where it's like, you know, it's abortion and all just all those kinds of things. It's just getting to an aggressive point where it's like, they don't want to just be equal. They want to be superior is that the right yeah. word superior you know and that's just getting to an aggressive point as- toxic feminism that's what it yeah. is i'm all about e- equality and whatnot but when it comes to like putting other people down i don't think that that's any better than like we don't put people down but we i always use this i stand up for righteousness yeah all right mm-hmm. so well, if if i stand up for what's godly and what's right i am going to stand up against not in a rude or aggressive manner, but I will stand my ground and say, what you're doing is sin and I can't partake in that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think as the church, that's important because we don't have to be um, rude to, yeah, to them. To be yeah. bold. But, the but women, being bold sounds rude to it, the emotional it does. ear. But even just for women of the church to just be like guarded against all that. Because then, I don't know, there's there's women that want to start, like, agreeing with all that and kind of partaking in the same... Or just walking in truth, like, keeping your integrity, like, that godly integrity. Yeah. Just because everybody else is starting to sway that way, it doesn't mean you have to, to mm-hmm. stand for the truth still. 
and you don't yeah. have to do it like you don't have to be people. aggressive don't yeah don't go to their level mm-hmm. where you're just aggressive and you're fighting and I'm greater and I'm you know it's Take like everything in love yeah I would add if if you are a believer hold to your convictions mm-hmm. and and yeah because as we read the bible more and more our com- you would notice that our list of convictions tend to grow with maturity with maturity yes and so that's why it's it's really um uh, i don't know what word to best describe it but it's um i guess it would say a little bit discouraging when when let's say we do have fellow believers or whomever say you know what well that's not my conviction that's yours it's discouraging because I know, for one, they're most likely not in the Word, as they should yeah. be. Because as we are reading more, we're growing in the Lord more, and we hold now to a more higher standard. And so now our conviction is, is, is being more in line with, with Christ. And so when people say, well, that's not my conviction, well, it's like, do you even care for righteousness? Do you, are, you, are, are you trying to be sanctified or are you trying to halt it? Are you a Christian? Are you just a professing Christian or are you really converted and, and saved and, and you know, you're actually seeking to please God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some oppositions real quick as we begin to, I think, to wrap up in a little bit? Ready? Yeah. Uh, so how you, uh, Julie... And then you guys, Cindy, and the... Because I think you guys have different backgrounds that you can testify of opposition that you have faced in maintaining a godly, uh, pure image, modest image in the sight of the world. So since you go to your college, you know, that's where liberalism reigns supreme, basically. Mm -hmm. What kind of opposition have you faced in the college campuses? Well, first off, if um, I look wera <laughs> because I'm light skinned, uh, so, oh, so a lot of people at school. I go to Santa Ana College. Shout out Santa Ana. Um, but a lot of people, you know, I don't blame them. They just like assume that I'm I'm white, you know. Yeah. So I feel like a minority there, you know. Even though mm. I'm myself, I'm Mexican, I'm Hispanic, but I feel like there's an automatic wall towards me. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, like I kind of have to prove myself. Like I'll speak Spanish or something, and people be ah, oh, she's cool, she's cool, you know. What? But, so you, you mean the liberals judge you? <laughs> all what? the time. All the time. Dang. But that's just one like opposition that I, it's everywhere. I always face that. But um, I was sharing with you guys earlier that everybody is just so um, open to the liberal ideas, and they're all for it, and we're like friends and whatnot. But especially in a classroom setting, like once you open up, um, you say you're Christian, people automatically are on guard with you. Mm. And mm-hmm. if you bring anything up about being pro-life, which is also your own op- opinion that you're entitled to, but apparently like the, you don't want to say that. Like people will chew you out, you know, yeah. in, in the classroom, I've seen it, you know, I've seen somebody open up and be like, you know. I, I am I'm pro-life like you know whatever and there's other topics too you know that they'll open up and, and say you know what they believe and people would just chew them out 
you know, and I've been that person to open up and I've gotten chewed out and I've been that person to kind of stand back and observe somebody else get chewed out. But I was sharing with you guys earlier, the sad thing is that there's that Christian who's bold enough to say something um, and take that risk and share why they believe what they believe. But there's also that person who stands back and doesn't back them up. And I've been that person to not back them up because I didn't want to get in the mix, but I knew I should have. Um, but as a woman, especially, people are expecting me to stand up for that, like, hyper-feminist, mm-hmm. you know, like, movement. And, you know, if you are at all traditional, mm-hmm. you know, people, women, like, really look down on you for that. Like, even they tell me, um, like, oh, what are you going to be? I'm going to be a nurse. You don't have to be a nurse. I've had somebody tell me, are you just being yeah. a nurse because you're a woman? Uh, no, like, this is my calling, <laughs> you know? Or, um... You're a stereotype if you yeah. want to be a nurse. and like, so. before, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom because I didn't know what I wanted to do yet, career-wise. And and then people were telling me, you don't have to be a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. just because you're a woman. I'm like, that's not why. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but thank you for that permission. <laughs> but, you know, they just expect so much from you, like... You know, so it, it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I faced, at least, with that. How about you, Cindy, since you're a stay-at-home mom? Praise God. <laughs> I think, like, um, for me, like, I've had encounters, you know, with people at work and stuff when I when I was when, working. Yeah. And and there, there are people that are liberals, you know, women that are liberals. And just in those situations, we... I think, like, I've had a lot of conversations, you know, with mm-hmm. people, and they do see you as weak when you're, yeah. when you, you know, that you're a woman of God and you stand firm, you know, mm-hmm. like in your beliefs and everything. And, and for me, I think you just have to be, you still have to be that example for them, you know, you know, just to show them that this is what, what, what you believe in, this is the order how it goes. And, to me, that's exactly not, that's not a weakness to me, you know? Mm-hmm. I follow the order because I'm doing it onto God, you know? Exactly. Mm. And um, it's something for me that isn't hard, honestly. Like, I feel like like now following that order and knowing that God is, is the main person and it comes my husband and me and then the children... It gives me that comfort, you know, that my husband's being guided by the Lord, you know, that he's getting that direction. Is there the direction, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, so she brought up a good point. Being fully convinced in your mind and who you are in Christ. Once you are fully convinced in your mind, men or women, no one's going to be able to stop you because mm-hmm. you stand firm on your conviction and nothing can shape you, shake you. Yeah, I was going to say that as a woman, like you, it's, it's such all women, they were go through struggles about, um, just all these issues that as females that we have, yeah, women issues and, and in this time of social media and everything and, and today's the women of the world, you know, their empowerment also is just taking all these kind of nude pictures and everything and being like, I, I'm confident for the first time in my skin and I want to show it because I'm so <laughs> confident. This is the woman like, power that I have. Yeah. Kind of objectifying women. Yeah, yeah. they objectify themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And so um, just as women and those kinds of things that we go through, you know, even in God, like we still are going to have certain, well, you know, struggles or things that we have to work through mm-hmm. and everything. And so just even within your yourself to be a, a woman after God's heart, you know, is just within your own self to keep that, to hold, you know, steadfast to that. Yeah. Because it, it, it's in these times, you know, and with women being so aggressive, they come at you like, yeah. you know, they, they, they look down on you for these kind of values that you want to hold, the, the biblical, you know, standards and everything. And so I think that as women of God, we need to come together together because I just I always keep bringing up you know the point of like oh in the church like we need to be guarded from that because the opposition for me would be from from even in the church Mm. like you're still speak speak on that real quick your opposition as being a godly woman in the church in the church the church yes because um you know as a everything that I do I do it to live it um, for God. And sometimes I even get asked so much like, cause I'm one of those people. I don't know, Martin, if you're going to say, Oh, you know, you grew up in a Pentecostal church, but I'm one of those people like you go dress to church modestly. You know, I was taught I to, to modestly too. I, I was taught that you, you know, yeah, I was taught to, and shout out to all my Pentecostal friends because they're going to understand uh, this me. This is Reformed Rasa. <laughs> but they're going to understand Sign. me on this level that you're taught, you know, you go with your skirts, you're decent, you're modest. And even that kind of stuff is looked down on. Like, you, you yeah. don't have to go to church. You could be free to go to church however you are, mm-hmm. have you come as you are. And so when you're still trying to hold, like, this, like, godly example, mm-hmm. even sometimes that is, like kind of look look down on i don't want to wear a long skirt <laughs> mm. it don't have to be and super that's really sad like for that opposition to come from supposed other christians yeah mm. to look down on purity and purity is so much more than outward like appearance or outward actions but it's in the heart you know mm. and I, I feel like that's something so precious yeah oh yeah you know yeah but I yeah, but I think that we can really start to, you know, come together, pay, be patient with one another. Yeah. You know, um, we need to we need to teach. I love the scripture in, in Titus that says for the older women to teach the younger women. Mm-hmm. We need to be. I love that you guys pointed out in the manhood one that you need to take up young the younger men and disciple yeah. them. We need to do that with each other. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we need to help each other out, and we need to you know persevere in the ways of the Lord. Because even in that scripture in, in Titus. This is for the older women, what? To teach them to be homemakers, mm-hmm. to be submissive unto their husbands. Mm-hmm. So the older women are guiding the younger women mm-hmm. to to be that godly wife. Mm-hmm. They're training the younger single women or younger married women to be that submissive role, to be to be that woman of God in the home. Yeah, and I love to take those opportunities because aside from the opposition, also there's also uh, young ladies that look at at that example and they've asked me they -hmm. come to me and and you know it's a chance to start to you know minister to each other that way and so yeah amen yeah i'll just say if i if if as we're wrapping up if i could end with this um in second corinthians 6 uh from verse 16 it says what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we mm-hmm. are the temple of the living God. 
As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk Amen. among them, and Amen. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Amen. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, Amen. says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. Um, in this portion, it's talking about how we are the temple for the living God. Mm-hmm. And how we are to, from the midst of the world, from the midst of the liberal society, from the midst of um, our toxic culture, whatever it is, we are to, to pull ourselves away from them, from, to back up, and, and we are to be separate from them. To live among mm-hmm. them, but not amongst them. We are yeah. to live, yeah. and you know, in another scripture, we are to live here, but we aren't, aren't, we aren't from this world. We're in the world, but we're not yeah. of yes. the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so we are to live a, a life that is separate from them. And so the best word to describe that is holy. Because mm-hmm. holy is separate. And, and the Amen. best image for that is when you're um, cutting up vegetables, whatever, you not only do you cut a piece of carrot, but you separate it. You cut and you separate. And so that's what holiness is. That's the image is that we are we are cut and we are separated from the rest. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that's how God does that with us. We we are his people. He is our God. We had to live separate among them yeah. as a chosen generation, chosen. a royal priesthood. Amen. Can I share something that we didn't talk on, but it's really important to me as a mom and stuff, too. I think that also. Um, for our children, you know, that it's something important to, to show them. I'm saying because I have two daughters, you know, mm-hmm. and it's important to me for them to know also these, to bring them up in the word, you know, and to show them the truth and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know that even starting now, they're showing kids, you know, the whole, oh, yeah. that whole trend of liberalism mm-hmm. and the feminism and everything mm-hmm. because now they're blurring out colors, you know. Mm-hmm. Pink was for for Diversity for girls, now. and yeah. now blue was for boys, yeah. and, and now there's quick, no color, you know. Girl Scouts mm-hmm. programs, like they yeah. used to be for picking up like yeah. homemaking skills and everything, and now they have it to learn business and to yeah, yeah, wow. sports. <laughs> now anybody can play sports, you know, like. There's this even um, men just like women can play women's sports yeah. and dominate now. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, there's there's gr- little girls that talk about them like wanting to be strong and to to also try to get some like some ideas about leading the country, you know, and that's happened. There's women in Congress and not to all mention the stuff, leading the, countries and everything. Not to mention kids movies have really changed yeah. the yeah. levels. Like now it's all about like woman power. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you if you caught yeah. if you caught the subtle subtle feminism in the Aladdin movie, how she started <laughs> how what was she saying? I think in all the Disney remakes yeah, they're yeah, making yeah. it of the women that, like now. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think the first one was Frozen. Yeah. So so liberal society is coming at our children from all ways, even from yeah. the toys from the movies, the, the shows. So Genders. We, yeah. Also, you know how mm-hmm. the applications that we've seen. Uh, what was it that we filled out? We, filled we, we, we went uh, to this parenting class, and they gave us like a, like just like an, something to fill out our information. And this is the first time I've ever seen it in my life. Under gender or sex, 
It had all these boxes. <laughs> what? Seriously, it had like, uh, what else male, is female, non-binary, uh, oh, and all these goodness. kinds of things. Or other, I prefer not to say, but it was like so <laughs> many, like... Like where did all these come wow. from? Like, and it was and, and it said it didn't say uh, uh like like sex. It said, "What do you identify as?" Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah. And then the kids had an opinion to that too, because <gasps> once they really? walked into the yeah. class, what did they say? Uh, they're tripping out. Like, what is what is this? Like, what is all this? They're like they're like. Look what they made us fill out. Yeah. <laughs> they're making kids choose. Yeah, they're yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now, if As a they kid, if a kid let's say a kid doesn't know like what is all this, they just they see they just see an M and an F, and then non-binary, and so they they maybe fill out one that uh, they get confused and they fill out something that they're not right away. Oh, let's have you know, let's put them on hormones. Let's let's oh let's, let's feed that into them because they they check the box of of. He's a looks like a male, but he's identifying as a female. So now let's wow. transition them. Yeah. So that's interesting what you were saying about as a mom. Like a yeah, oh, as a bro. mom, it's it's also You're, important for for us to to show that to the kids, you know. And um, I think that's just something important to me, just because I know that I have the the two girls, and for them not to think that it's it's showing weakness. Because like how we said, like in Proverbs 31, she's clothed in strength and dignity. Amen. You know, there's nothing, no weakness there at all. It, you know, that's something I feel that a lot of people don't bring out in little girls even because we always tell little girls like, you're so pretty. You're so beautiful. I like your hair. I like your dress. But how often do we tell them like, you're so strong. You're so smart. It's mm. good to have them to be it, good to have like an all around girl but at the same time like have them know who they are in christ too you know and yeah. teach them mm-hmm. that they are yeah. a daughter of the most high king that that's why no, yeah. so it doesn't just lie mm-hmm. on the outside it doesn't just lie in outdoing the boys but it lies in who they are in christ and that's mm-hmm. for like women too not just focusing on the outside but the inside oh man i'm struggling so, my girls I, I don't right now amber she just turned eight maybe she's six I don't let them paint their nails or put on any kind of makeup, makeup. or nothing. Mm-mm, not right now. Because cause I asked them, why do you put that on? And Amber, I remember when we asked Amber, she was going to say, oh, to, to look pretty. She was going to say that, but then she thought about it. Mm-hmm. And like, no, see, that's, that's even subconsciously as a little girl, oh, I need to paint my nails to look pretty. Or I need this makeup to look pretty. No, I tell them, no, you're beautiful because God made you the way you are mm-hmm. and you're beautiful like that. Yeah. Later on, as they get older and they're, you know, if they want to paint them or whatever, mm-hmm. they already know, they already have that firm establishment in their in their minds that they're not looking for that to look pretty as more as just like, uh, for, fun know, or or for fun or something. Yeah. I don't know why girls paint their nose. And that's but. another thing. I know we've talked yeah. a lot about like equality and things yeah. like that as far as womanhood, but even just that confidence as a woman of God, you don't always have to be done up to feel beautiful or to walk with confidence. Exactly. And And that's what I want my daughters to get, that they don't need to Mm -hmm. be wearing makeup Mm -hmm. or... Because there's some some girls that can't leave the house without wearing makeup or anything like that. They just can't. And see, that's that's when the whole... The way today things are, guys, gotten into their head that thinking they need this appearance... 
to look pretty. Brother Kanye West recently removed all the makeup from his little girls. There you I go. Guess. You see? <laughs> it comes naturally. She, I guess um, his wife did have her kind of, you know, playing around with it or something. Uh-huh. And he just, and she, and she agreed with him to just remove that from her right now. Mm, God is the working in Kim Kardashian. The, eh? mm-hmm. There you go. Amen. <laughs> I am believing that. Keep it in your prayers, ladies. We are believing for... Yeah. And so we're just scratching the, 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 the surface, I man. We so could go... Dude, oh my there's so God. many so things, much. man. Maybe so we have much. to come back to the, to the topic. I mean, I did not even <laughs> talk enough. I can talk, and I did yeah. not say as much as Sessie I did. was so nervous. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, we can go in deeper. We can go into all sorts of areas of what a biblical man is, what a biblical woman is. The whole point is that we are sanctified in Christ. Amen. And we can... Uh, raise up our children to 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 follow the footsteps of christ and women have the roles men have the roles but we have our place in christ and when we as individuals know where we stand with the lord then his commandments and his statutes will be through the holy spirit will be easier to keep so it's not a burden for for us to to play our roles it comes naturally Mm -hmm. always out of love when out of love, when when a regenerated, born again person comes to faith, then you know that the roles are easier to fulfill. Yeah, we're gonna have opposition. Yeah, we're gonna face these kind of things. But Christ, what He started in a person, He will fulfill. He will yeah. bring it to completion. Yeah. Amen. And we have that confidence in Christ, knowing that we can walk in this world as crazy as it might be, whatever they might throw at us. We can walk in the world, we're not in it, and Christ will preserve us. Greater is he who is in me than yeah. he who is in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Plus, Amen. we've been predestined Amen. anyway. So, anyways, oh, okay, this is. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Uh, you got, Justin, you got any last comments you want to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is Reformed Rasa. Hit us up at the email at the Gmail, reformedrasa.gmail.com. If you have any questions for any of these ladies, hit us up on the email. Don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, we're available on, on all podcast streaming platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, all these kinds of things. Hit us up. Like the Facebook page, like the Instagram, follow us on Instagram. Hit us up with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. And, uh, or donations. yeah and remember we do this to glorify god and for the edification of the saints through the edifications through the edification of saints by yes all that fun stuff so (laughs) (laughs) so hit us up uh let us know what you think of this episode if you want to hear more episodes like this hit us up and gracias for bearing with us. I don't know how long we went, but uh, until next time, Bye. May, may God be glorified through the edification of the saints. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.